Before we jump in, a note on our content. Please note that this episode contains many packed themes surrounding mental health, such as suicide, self-harm, violence, and death. We want y'all to stay safe. So if you or anybody you know is in need of help, please make sure to visit our Instagram account at Radio Pulso. That's triple R-A-D-I-O-P-U-L-S-O for a list of resources. Hey friends, welcome to another episode of Radio Pulso, also known as the Borough Heights Beat Podcast. My name is April Aguilera, and I'm a junior at Lincoln High School, representing Ramona Gardens. Shout out everybody. I've been a part of Borough Heights Beat for almost a whole year now, and I released my first story about a couple months back, and it's about a mural in Ramona Gardens, so y'all should go check it out. And I'm now I'm very excited to host my very first podcast, and joining me today is my co-host, Kate. How are you doing today, Kate? For sure. Hi, bro. Um, I'm doing pretty okay. I'm super happy to see you co-hosting your first episode. Super excited. Uh, and I remember that just last episode, <laughs> you were actually engineering for us, and now you're here co-hosting. You're living proof that podcasts are actually really fun. So I encourage all of y'all who are passionate about podcasting to at least try it out, you know? Um, I love seeing our youth spearhead these conversations and activities. Um, so tell me, April, how does it really feel to be co-hosting your first podcast like ever? I'm really excited, a bit nervous too, but um, I think the conversation that we're about to have it may be tough, but it just has to happen. Yeah. Of course, it's, it's necessary. So mm -hmm. on that note, it's actually my understanding that you wanted to pursue writing a story focusing on mental health, which we'll obviously be touching more up on the rest of our episode. So I'm wondering what actually motivated you or inspired you to pitch this particular story? That's a really good question. Um, so I think in my school... With everything that's been, like, going on and us returning back with, like, COVID, we really didn't touch base on, like, mental health and how we should be taking care of ourselves. So I thought it was that we, I thought we needed to have this conversation. And so here we are now. Um, with that being said, just very quickly, we want our audience to know that we're a radio program and podcast brought to you by the community news outlet, Boy Heights Beat. This is a program that trains local high school students, has, hence us being here today, to publish a community newspaper, and it also produces this very own podcast. But first, let's take a moment to acknowledge the events that occurred last week. As I'm sure most of our nation is aware of the devastating events that transpired last Tuesday, May 24th, 2022 in Uvalde, Texas, where an 18-year-old gunman opened fire at Robb Elementary School and killed 19 students and two teachers. So in light of this devastating news, I would really want us to take a moment of silence for all the lives lost. Okay, well, thank y'all for that. And of course, I just really want to stress that our lawmakers need to take action and be held accountable for all our gun laws. Um, it is completely unacceptable that we live in a country who supports laws that let children be shot in their schools, elders at grocery stores, and worshipers in their house of faith, or literally anybody, anybody in a crowded place or space. For those of you who do not know, May is Mental Health Awareness Month. Radio Pulso is meant for a time to reflect, and today's theme is starting the conversation about mental health and breaking the stigma surrounding Latinx households. Before you take care of your community, we want to make sure you're taking care of yourself so that you can be a greater self for your community. When you shine, your community shines. And on today's show, we want to highlight resources for the community and have open and honest conversations with one another so that we can value our feelings and build empathy. Of course, of course. And as well, I think it's super important to have these difficult conversations, especially in light of recent events. 
all of us here at Radio Pulso and Boyle Heights Beat want to open the floor for a safe space where we can all vent about our worries and build community. But even more so, we want to share some reassuring words and resources on how to help kids get through unspeakable horrors. So these are some quick tips that experts shared on how to best have these complex and sensitive conversations. This was actually published by the LA Times. So for one, it's good to check in with your child and talk to them about their concerns. It's super important to address these concerns directly rather than just altogether avoiding them. Another helpful tip is to give kids reassuring facts about their safety. Make them feel safe about simple things like locking doors and caring for them. It's also important to treat children according to their age. So if they're young, maybe in elementary, you want to provide them with brief and simple information. But if they're a little bit older in middle school or high school, um, you can give them more detailed conversation. You can give them more detailed <laughs> conversations and that are appropriate. It helps to have these conversations with a friend present rather than one-on-one. But most importantly, though, uh, one should always limit the exposure to the media. Violent images can cause secondary trauma, and inappropriate information may result to be overwhelming and cause anxiety and confusion within your child. Also, it helps to model healthy behavior. As a parent, y'all can all set an example by turning off the television, radio, or social media. Help your children feel grounded and safe. These are just a couple of tips to read. Um, if you want to check out the rest, y'all can just visit Alley Times on Instagram to see the full thread. So with that, coming up next, we'll have our first guest, Luatani Flores. She is a licensed clinical social worker who was born in East L.A. and raised in South Central L.A. She received her bachelor's in psychology from Most College, which is a small women's college in Oakland, California. And then she went on to receive her master's in social work at the University of Southern California. Luatani did not plan on becoming a therapist, but has always been passionate about empowering and uplifting the voices of young people. She has worked as a bilingual therapist for the past five and a half years in Inglewood, California, mainly working with children, teens, and their families. She has also worked closely with schools where she has provided mental health services to students and provided training to school staff on trauma-informed care practices. She has experience working with individuals who deal with depression, anxiety, PTSD, trauma, uh, suicidality, self-harm, and challenges within the parent-child relationship, and many other challenges that can come up within a family system. In her free time, Luatani enjoys connecting with friends, roller skating, riding, and exploring new restaurants in L.A. So it is my pleasure to introduce Luatani, who is here with us today. Thank you so much for joining us on Highlighting Mental Health Awareness. So let's just start really quickly. How are you today? I'm doing good. I'm a little nervous, but really excited. So thank you for having me. Of course. Thank you for being here. Um, so yeah, we're just going to start off this conversation really like general um, with a really general question for you. Basically, what does mental health mean to you? Mental health to me. Mm-hmm. Um, well, I want to talk about mental health more generally at first, um, because I've heard people say, you know, mental health is not real. Or yeah, like what is mental health? But really just like physical health, we all have mental health. Um, It's related to our emotional well-being, uh, psychological, and also our social well-being. Because we are, you know, social creatures. We live within our communities. Um, So it's really those three main areas that make up mental health. And we all have mental health. For sure, yeah. No, thank <laughs> for you. For starters. Yeah, of course. <laughs> you broke it down really well for us. Thank you. And I really like that you actually brought up this idea of how some people believe that mental health isn't even real. And that's a little bit of where I want to focus our conversation today, um, particularly within the Latinx community, because I feel like um, there's often a lot of misconceptions surrounding mental health. 
Um, so what are some misconceptions that you've seen as a professional within the Latinx community? Yeah, I think the biggest one that I tend to hear is, you know, or even just talking about therapy um, or any conversation about mental health, it's related to crazy people, right? If right. you're seeking help, if you're going to therapy, it means you're crazy, something's wrong with you. But that is absolutely not true. Because like I, I've, you know, we've already mentioned it, mental health is part of our health. It's part of our well-being. So, yes, so seeking help and uh, the stigma that comes with that, thinking that, you know, you must be crazy. That, that word is used a lot. Of course. Um, or something is wrong with you, you know, if, if you want to seek help or or maybe are in need of therapy for sure yeah you know. so yeah let's let's talk a little bit more about this so let's say like a patient who comes to you who's their background comes from uh, that that place of like neglect or where somebody thinks that they're just crazy so how do you really warm up to a patient who's lived their entire life thinking um, that mental health is not real or that it's like it's viewed as taboo essentially or they're stigmatized i start by validating what they might be experiencing because, you know, coming in, even just recognizing that you might need some support is pretty brave. It can be really scary to come in to talk to someone that you don't know and open up about what's going on with you. So, yeah, validating those very normal experiences that someone can come in with. So anxiety, a lot of anxiety coming in, um, avoidance, um, a lot of fears that come around you know, talking to someone um, or even having family know that, you know, they are in therapy or that they need support, that can be very scary to even just accept. Right. Um, And come forward and even talk about it, of course. So you talk about validation. What does that look like? Like for somebody who doesn't, like has never experienced that within a friend or a parent, like what does that conversation actually look like in like in the flesh? Yeah. So I I ask then and there, you know, how do you feel coming in? Mm -hmm to therapy today right you know what what was that conversation like for you even before coming in today Mm -hmm. what feelings came up and really just normalizing that this is you know these might be some feelings or even some thoughts that they're carrying with them that a lot of other people experience right so you know they're not the only ones in this situation but again kind of reassuring that that is a very important step that they took and and it does take a lot of bravery sometimes no yeah for sure and oftentimes it actually feels like you are the only person like going through it right but Mm -hmm. it's not until that you have that really hard conversation that you realize like hey like I'm not alone like there's a lot of people going through it as well so what are some common issues that the Latinx community seek guidance in like when they come to you well some of you know similar to some that you mentioned earlier their children because, again, I've worked very closely with families and children. So a lot of anxiety, depression that we're seeing, substance use in teens, problems at school, whether it be academic or, you know, um, just trouble with teachers and or other administrators, other students. Let's see. I've worked with teens or even younger children um, within the LGBTQ community mm-hmm. um, and, you know, parents having a hard time with that. So helping right. them, you know, to be able to support their children in that way. Yeah, I'm trying to think of it <laughs> a lot more. It's, it's no, really good. a wide, a wide range. A wide spectrum, yeah. yeah. And I'm sure you, you did touch up on a lot of the major ones. So what everyday activities or things affect one's mental health that you've seen in, within your profession? 
I think you kind of like touched up on it a little bit, like like problems at school, right? Mm-hmm. Um, what are some things that like people don't really have control over, like within like you had a fight with a friend or yeah, w- yeah what is what do those conversations look like? You mean within like a therapeutic? Yes, <laughs> within a therapeutic sense, yeah. Okay, I'm not really sure what <laughs> you're asking. Maybe like more specifically when working with someone who's experiencing um like issues with friends or like let's let's focus it like let's reshape it like let's like somebody who suffers with anxiety right so what what things specifically affect that person who's suffering with anxiety everyday things everyday activities i see i think the reason i I was having kind of difficulty understanding your question is because it, it really depends on every individual right um everyone has a different history related to even just traumatic experiences um, that they've had in their lives. You know, the the kind of family they grew up in, the kind of schools they've attended. Yeah, even just like the community that they're a part of, how connected, what does their support system look like? So it's, it's really a, a lot of things that us as therapists, we also have to learn about. Of course. Um, you know, it's it's not kind of just coming in and, you know, this is what you do for anxiety right. or um, like I'm going to tell you how you're going to get better. Like we really have to understand the kind of world really that um, this person grew up in um, and is currently living in. We want to explore any safety factors as well. Any like I mentioned earlier, any traumas, any current stressors that may be impacting um their current well-being and yeah like I said the support that they currently have maybe they don't have any support or there are other resources that they're lacking Um, so we really you know part of our job is it's understanding the individual that we're working with and what their needs are but also what their strengths are you know I think It's um, very easy to come in feeling maybe very defeated or heavy or whatever it is, just very negatively. But the reality is that everyone has strengths and skills and, you know, knowledge that they already have and that they can use to really like heal and get better. And I I don't think we talk about that enough. For sure. Yeah, I just want to stress like how... You're not given an instructional manual. You know, it's like all case by case scenarios. Yeah. And I mean, I'm like the work that you're doing is like uh, amazing. Like <laughs> you're I'm sure you're helping a lot of people out there that really need it. And um, you talked about strengths, right? Like highlighting those strengths to mm-hmm. overcome those um, those uh, emotions or whatever it is that they're going through. So what actually inspired you to, p- to pursue this career? Because I think you need so much strength to actually <laughs> do what you're doing. So um, I kind of want to touch up a little bit on that. Yeah. Um, so when I was in middle school, um, I had my mom actually sign me up to a youth group. At the time, I, I grew up very like isolated. I think she noticed I wasn't really socializing. Um, I I was really quiet. I really didn't have a voice. So she signed me up to this youth group, you know, to kind of. Um, you know, just be around open other up, people. Right. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> open that. up a little bit. Um, so that was a youth group based in South Central. Mm-hmm. Um, so it was through there where I was also able, you know, to connect with other um, youth, other youth groups. So um, 
you know, we would do a lot of like community projects and just kind of learn about our community. Um, so I, I think I, I feel really lucky to have had a lot of mentors during my teen years. And I, I always knew that I always would want to focus on just working with young people. So to me, that kind of meant, okay, well, maybe a counselor or something similar is where I could do that kind of work. Um, and then I kind of just went from there. <laughs> the rest <laughs> is history. <laughs> yeah. That's really great. Um, I think one of my bigger questions is, like, after everything, like, you, you help people for a living, right? Like, that's that's actually your job. Um, so how do you cope with your own mental health? Because I'm sure, like, yeah. it's, it must be overwhelming at times where what you're doing is assisting somebody else, but, like, who do you go to yeah. to, to, to help you out, you know, with this, like, heavy... Uh, heavy themes, heavy feelings mm-hmm. and emotions. Yeah, that is very real. Just burnout, compassion fatigue. Yeah, just I yeah, we we are also at risk of being traumatized, you know, vicarious trauma, but I think for me, yeah, just staying connected with my friends, my family. I was in therapy as well. I have done therapy in the past, which has been helpful and kind of focusing on things that just fulfill me. So of course writing and you know just other hobbies that I have um, just things that allow me to be present with myself and kind of where I am for sure in the moment um and I want to ask this last question what is some like concrete advice that you would give to somebody who wants to seek help but yeah. is in like borderline of like doesn't know whether or not they should or because mm-hmm. of everything that we just uh conversed about like having that stigma surround their yeah. home environment Um, So, yeah, what would you want to say to those people? Yeah, um, I would say starting with having compassion for yourself, because even considering going to therapy or asking for help uh, can be really hard. Like I mentioned, I've I've been on that other side where (laughs) I, you know, had to consider and was actually present in therapy. So I know um, the fear that can come with that, um, the the like not wanting to kind of take that step so just having a lot of compassion at first but also you know if if it's a really hard step if you're not really sure talking uh, to someone close to you about it and then taking some steps to looking for a therapist um, or a mental health agency that's close to you yeah I think I would say (laughs) yeah just validating your own feelings of course yeah yeah well um is there anything else you'd like to add before we conclude this interview i not that i can think of right now (laughs) i kind of have so many thoughts (laughs) (laughs) well um i would just like to thank you so much for joining us uh for sharing all this insight and being vulnerable with me you know here with everybody all our listeners on the show and for like teaching us to be compassionate with one another and uh, validating our feelings or being that person for somebody, right? And I know that you actually also shared a list of resources uh, and crisis lines with us. Um, So I really think that all our listeners should have access to uh, this resource list if you are ever needing help. Um, Some of them are actually like the National Suicide Prevention Hotline, which can be reached at 1-800-273-8255 or the Crisis Text Hotline. You could just text HELLO to 741741. And this list goes on and on, y'all. We'll also make sure to publish said resource list on our Instagram after the conclusion of our episode. So make sure to follow us at Radio Pulso. That's triple R-A-D-I-O-P-U 
LSO to check out our resource list. Up next, we'll have April host an interview with her school counselor, Eileen Espinosa. So now I'm here right now with Eileen Espinosa, who is the oldest of five daughters to parents of Mexican descent. Her parents were born in Guadalajara, Jalisco, and Zamora, Michoacán. As the daughter of her parents that migrated to the United States, education was seen as the key to success. She grew up in South Central Los Angeles, surrounded by strong women and a loving family. Eileen graduated with a bachelor's degree in psychology from Cal State University of Long Beach and a master's degree in social work from California State University of Fullerton. She has worked in various jobs, including teacher's assistant in a special education class and an intake worker in the child abuse hotline. For eight years, Eileen worked in the field of maternal infant mental health through a universal home visitation program. She supported mothers, children, and families in the immediate postpartum complex, NICLU says, and in-home support stays. <laughs> Currently, she is employed as a pupil service and attendance counselor at Abraham Lincoln High School. At her high school, she supports students in the area of attendance within a focus on mental health and social-emotional well-being. Her dream is for all students to have access to the mental health support they need to be successful. She currently resides in Whittier with her loving husband and three children. Hi, Eileen. Thank you so much for being here with us today. Our theme for this month is um, focusing on highlighting mental health awareness. Um, so how are you doing today? I'm doing very well, and thank you for having me. Mm -hmm. Okay. So the first question we have is just um, what motivated you to become a school counselor? I, that's a very interesting question because I didn't know right away that's what I wanted to do. Mm -hmm. I think, like many of us, I knew I wanted to be in the area of helping others. I just mm -hmm. didn't know exactly what it was. Mm -hmm. So it actually took me trying a few different things to figure out what I truly wanted to do. And it actually just happened to be a off-the-cuff uh, suggestion from a teacher when I was working in the special education classroom. Mm -hmm. She's like, hey, I think you would be great as a social worker. Mm -hmm. So I said, hmm, I haven't thought of that before. Let me give it a try. <laughs> and once I started taking the classes, I mm -hmm. really found that I enjoyed them. It's very interesting to learn more about mental health and as I was taking my courses um, for, uh, you know, for my undergrad, and as I started taking the master's levels courses, I realized I was learning a lot about myself, mm -hmm. a lot about my own struggles with mental health, yeah. and a lot more about intergenerational trauma that my family had, you know, faced, and um, it was just very interesting. And every day, I fall in love more with mental health and the different aspects of it. So I think that that's, it, it just happened to be the right path for me. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I would like to take credit that it was my idea, but it wasn't. <laughs> <laughs> That's, I think it's interesting to see how like you saw it, you saw yourself right, and learning from what classes you took. I think that's really interesting. Um, do you kind of have that relationship with students at Lincoln High School when they come to you? I think so. I I've had the the great honor of working with so many different students this year. And, um, you know, in, in different stages of, of where they are, like some, I think, have realized that they need, need mental health support but are not 100% sure if they're mm -hmm. ready to make that journey. Um, some are in crisis, so definitely it's been about connecting them, supporting them, and making sure that we have good aftercare with wherever they are. Um, and it's interesting because some of them, when we talk about the future, they already know what they want to do, and they're mm. like, oh, I want to be a school counselor, or I want to be a therapist. I want to help other kids when I grow up. Yeah. And so I think I have had that opportunity to talk to them and to kind of, like, 
remind them that there's not mm-hmm. just one path, there's many paths, and we have to find the one that works best for us. Yeah. Even that if it's not a straight line from A to B. Mm-hmm. Sometimes it takes a little bit of detouring to find mm-hmm. out where you need to be, kind of like what happened with me. Yeah. Um, so, like, now kind of focusing on, like, the students at Lincoln High School, mm-hmm. have you seen, like, an increase of students needing more counseling, like, more recently? Absolutely. Uh, it's hard for me to compare because this is actually my first year mm-hmm. at Lincoln High School. Um, previous to that, I was working at the Universal Home Visitation Program. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, I, from what I've spoken to other staff and in general students and parents, mm-hmm. it seems like a lot of them are, you know, that that's their opinion that a lot of s- more students have either expressed that they need the help or oh, those around them have expressed that they need help because they notice concerning signs, you know, of isolation or just what they might consider signs of depression or anxiety. Yeah, um, kind of like touching based upon like what you already said. Um, what type of mental health related concerns do most high schoolers face and how can they take care of their well-being? Okay. So um, definitely we've seen a rise in depression symptoms, uh, and symptoms of anxiety. Mm. We've had several situations where we have, we've had to address suicidal ideation and behavior. I think, you know, compared... Um, to the statistics that we had available from 10 years ago, I think I was reading that there's like a 40% increase mm. from 2009 to 2019. And yeah. that was right, you know, right as the pandemic was just going to start. So we still have to collect data and see more about now that we're in the recovery of the pandemic phase, mm. you know, the, we're still trying to figure out how much it's impacted. But definitely I can see it, you know, in my day-to-day work. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I think one of the key pieces that I like to remind my students of how they take care of themselves is being, uh, giving themselves grace, yeah. you know, being kind to themselves. I think a lot of us who come from, you know, uh, migrant mm. family backgrounds, we have that very, um, very strong worth, work ethic mm-hmm. and that drive to succeed and yeah. drive to perform at all times. And so sometimes that leads us to be really hard on ourselves, and that can mm-hmm. definitely impact our mental health, right? Yeah. So I tell my kids, you know, like, and I, and I say that they're my kids because I tell them, when you're on campus, you're my kid, <laughs> you know? I, you, I, tr- I see you like if you're one of my children, so I'm going to take care of you as best I can. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I tell them, you know, be kind to yourself. If you, if academically there's a little bit of a speed bump, there's chances to recover. This is not the end. If that means just offering more support, if that means you get to do some summer school classes or a little bit of school at work, uh, work after school, then mm-hmm. we do that, you know, but this is not the end. We can recover. And I even try to encourage them, like, this can be part of your story. Yeah. If you're worried because you're like, oh, I'm not going to get accepted to the university because I had some C's and D's. Mm-hmm. I'm like, this This is part of res- your resilience. You struggled. You, you hit a rough spot, but you can overcome that. You yeah. know, as, as long as we can connect you with support, make sure that you're in a better place, we're moving forward. This is not where the story ends. Yeah. I like that you kind of address mental health as, like, something that's a part of your success journey, right? Mm-hmm. Like, it may be a bump, but it doesn't mean it's the end. Right. So that's really good. Um, so how would you define mental health? Men- that's a hard question. <laughs> <laughs> I think when I consider mental health, I can see it kind of like if we were to compare like to uh, something that has tentacles, mm-hmm. like it kind of, it, it's attached to every other aspect in your life, right? Mm. If your mental health is not well, then 
um, your schoolwork isn't going to go well. Your relationships yeah. are going to well aren't going to go well. Your friendships. So I feel like it it's all encompassing. It touches every aspect of your life. Mm-hmm. And so for that reason, I you know I tell my students it's not just something that exists by itself. It's connected to everything, yeah. and we need to make sure that that's well. So, you know, you can be well overall. Yeah. Um, so what are some common misconceptions or myths that you see students make about mental health? Uh, sometimes some students, I mentioned therapy, and they're like, I'm not crazy, miss. <laughs> and I'm like, no way, I'm not, you know, I'm not saying that. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm saying therapy could just be somebody that you talk to. That's not going to be somebody, it's going to be somebody who's not going to judge you. It's going to be somebody who's there to listen and to give yeah. you that undivided attention. Sometimes I know that, you know, at, at school, we're, we're running all over the time. And so I try to remind my students, I'm here for you. Mm. But I also need to make sure you have that somebody that's going to be available to you every week or every two weeks as yeah. you need it. Because sometimes I might not be able to sit there with you for a whole hour, you know. Mm. And I don't think it's fair for me to promise something that I can't keep. And so definitely just, you know, reminding them that it's not for people who are crazy. It's <laughs> not for people who are that bad. They're like, mm. oh, I'm not that bad, miss. I'm still okay. I'm like that's okay the the support can always be helpful whether we're doing well or whether we're not and so yeah. I just try to remind them that it, it's something that we can all use at one point or another yeah that's really true mm-hmm. um I guess like the idea of it like therapy being something that a crazy person needs mm-hmm. kind of like stems from Latino households right mm-hmm. so what are some ways students can bring up the conversation of mental health to their parents or their family so um, I, th- I think that's a tough one, you know, because I, I have heard that from parents like, mm-hmm. oh, my kid's not that bad. My kid's OK. You know, they're not crazy. Same thing. Yeah. So it's, I've, I've heard those things from parents before. And I, I try to I think sometimes when I'm explaining it to maybe the Latino community, Latinx community, I try to remind them that mental health is just like any other kind of health. Mm. Just how we wouldn't um, criticize somebody who has cancer, yeah. we wouldn't criticize somebody who's struggling with mental health, right? So at, we need, we all need a check in every once in a while. Uh, sometimes I give the example of a car needing a tune up, mm. you know. So when a car turns on the little light, that means that something's going on and we need to get it checked out. Yeah. Same thing with mental health. If we're starting to see that our our student is isolating, crying more often, getting more overwhelmed, not doing so well with relationships or friends. Those are little warning signs that we need to just get it checked out. Mm-hmm. If it's something, we get them the help they need. If it's nothing, then at least we know. Yeah. So just kind of trying to bring it back to basics and connect it with things that are a little bit more uh, commonplace. Like, you know, we go to the checkup every year at the doctor. Why not see a therapist once a year to see how we're doing? You know? yeah. Check in, see how overall, if we could use more support. Yeah. I think in, like, my family, we're... We're not good at expressing ourselves and, like, when it comes to our feelings. And so I definitely I feel like I need advice on, like, how to open up to them. You know, mm-hmm. like, I sometimes compare my struggles to their struggles. Mm-hmm. And so do you have, like, any advice on that? So I'll give you the advice that my therapist told me. Mm-hmm. She said that, you know, sometimes by trying to compare the struggles that our parents had with our own struggles... We, we're kind of not holding ourselves accountable for the support that we need to get for ourselves. Because mm-hmm. she told me that. She's like, well, you can't compare what, you, what your parents have struggled with with your struggles because, of course, they're different. Mm-hmm. So we just need to make sure that you're getting support. So 
you know, then that's how we started working together with her therapist. Yeah. She kind of called me out. She's <laughs> like, you, you need to get, you know, you need to get your regular check-ins as well. Yeah. And so definitely, I think just starting a conversation of like, you know, this is something that I think could help me overall. Mm-hmm. Um, I also tell the parents that I think what helps is that sometimes they worry about how to help their, their kids. Mm-hmm. And they say, I don't know how to help my child. And I say, well, that's why the therapists come in. You know, so that way you have a whole team to support you as you're trying to support them. And I think as parents, sometimes we want to have all the answers. Mm -hmm. So just reminding them, like, it's okay to not know. That's why we have people who are trained to be able to help us figure it out together. You know, and and I think part of it is also finding a therapist who's culturally humble. Mm -hmm. Right. Maybe somebody that your parents can identify with because, you know, we've had similar struggles, especially in the United States with, you know, all the things that we've been faced with as a community, like discrimination, um, you know, prejudice, stereotypes, yeah. all that stuff. And so I think if you're able to to connect with that, that, that might help having the conversation. And I know I've had to do a lot of um, education with the parents that I've had to talk to about mm. getting services for their parents, for their students. Yeah. I just have to kind of remind them, like, again, mental health is just another part of health. You know, and this is something that we all need at one point or another. Like I, I say, like, you know, some people when they're getting married, they're stressed. They need yeah. some some counseling, some therapy. It's a joyous occasion, but it's still stressful. Yeah. You know, so, again, comparing it to things that are pretty, you know, that people can identify with. Mm. Yeah. I guess going back to kind of bringing the conversation with parents, mm-hmm. um, what are some ways we can implement more services in our schools mm-hmm. um, to get the conversation going with our parents or just with people in general? So um, yesterday we hosted uh, a wellness event at yeah. our school. So I think what um, what I find myself is that, and even as even as a counselor, I'm not even a hundred percent sure of all the wonderful agencies and all the services that they provide mm-hmm. in our community. There's so many. And it's hard to know who's out there and what they provide. So our idea of planning this event that occurred yesterday was to get to know them, mm-hmm. to have you know more knowledge about what they do and how they work with the community, and also for our families and our students to know what's out there. Mm-hmm. I know that you know there's students that come and ask for help, and so it's easy to you know to to identify those. Mm-hmm. It's a little bit harder to identify those students that just kind of keep to themselves. Yeah. And so I think that that's we need to do. We need to find another way to reach those students, mm-hmm. you know. Um, we're, we're hoping to start. Well, we started, it didn't, the first meeting, um, we weren't able to get all the students, but we're hoping to form, like, a mental health focus group on campus mm. to try to figure out how or, you know, again, I guess how we can reach those students that still have not yet come forward to ask for support. Yeah. Like, you know, as, as a student, what, what would have you, like, listen a little bit closer? Like, what keywords do you need to hear? to make sure that you feel like you're, this is a safe space, that you can come in, request help. Mm-hmm. Um, and even for the parents to know that we're there to support, you know, and, and offer them that extra, like, you know, sometimes a little bit more knowledge of what's available. Yeah, that's so true. I think also what can help is, like, a mental health room in, like, every school. Yeah. Like, a safe space for everybody. I think that's some words, like, as students, we want to hear. Absolutely. That you know, we're going to be accepted, that we're going to be comfortable. And so, yeah, I think we need to implement that more to our schools. Absolutely. And it's funny because a lot of people don't know where our office is. 
I know. So so that's what we were asking some of the kids, like, well, what do you need to see? You know, like even Mm. just the the design, you know, like, do you need to see the art? What what would you like the name to be? So that way you feel welcome. Yeah. I know like we were talking about some people here, mental health, and they're like, oh, no, that's not the office for me. Mm-hmm. But, like, how could we say it so that you're still feeling like, okay, this is what I'm going there for, and I, I don't feel like I'm being put on the spot, per, you know, quote, yeah, unquote. That's true. Yeah, so, I mean, we're, we're happy to take ideas. <laughs> you know? Yes. Um, okay, so this is just, like, just a, a question about, like, how if a student has trouble, what, what does, like, a typical appointment with a PSA counselor look like? So it, it really varies. You know, sometimes the students come in directly to the office and they just ask to, they ask to talk. Um, you know, sometimes a teacher refers them because they've noticed that, you know, maybe they look a little bit sad. Yeah. Maybe they're not um, participating or kind of isolating and keeping them to themselves. Sometimes a parent will reach out directly. Um, sometimes um, one of the academic counselors might say, hey, can you check up on this kiddo? I've noticed these things. Um, I think one of the one of the challenges I, I, I could say, but you know, this is just part of the job, is that we have to remind the students that we're mandated reporters, right? Mm-hmm. As a school employee, there's certain things that we cannot keep to ourselves that, that are not confidential. And I know some students have gotten mad at me in the past, mm-hmm. but I always tell them from the get, I'm like, you know, I this this is you know part of my job, but I also do it because I want to make sure you're safe. Yeah. For me, safety is the, the biggest thing. And if there's something that compromises your safety, then I, I'm okay with you being mad at me <laughs> because I just want to make sure that you're going to be okay. Mm-hmm. And most of the time, you know, they'll be mad for a little bit and they'll, you know, we'll move forward. Because, <laughs> mm-hmm. like, I feel like, you know, just being forthcoming, you know, being really forthcoming and honest with them right up front, they're like, okay, well, I know what to expect, you know? Yeah. Yeah. So it, it really varies. It just depends on the need. Um, I know we're supposed to have something a little bit more structured. But this year, it's just kind of been like, let's just, you know, take it as we go and try the best we can. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. I guess that kind of, like, wraps it up. But is there anything else you would like to add? Um, well, I guess, you know, as, as a person who works in the mental health field, I always like to, to, you know, remind others that work in the mental health field that, you know, we're not immune, mm-hmm. that we can also have our own struggles with depression and anxiety. And that doesn't mean that we're not any... We're not, we're not as good of mental health professionals. Mm. You know, I think we're human. You know, we're just like everybody else that can struggle. And I definitely want to encourage those out there that are struggling to get the help and get the support. Yeah. Thank you. Mm-hmm. I hope you all enjoyed listening to our guest speaker, Arlene Espinosa. She gave us helpful information about mental health. And her nature and personality is a great addition to my school and the community. For sure. And I just want to reiterate that you should all make time for self-reflection, self-care, and self-love. Surround yourself with people that feel like sunshine. It's all love, y'all. Well, that's a wrap for our Radio Pulso podcast. Thanks so much for listening. I'm April Aguilera. And I'm Kate Valdez. And as always, if you ever want to purchase an idea for the radio show or a newspaper, you can just shoot us an email at boilheightsbeat at gmail.com. That's boilheightsbeat at gmail.com. We'd love to hear from all of you as we do pride ourselves in offering noticias por y para la comunidad. Or we'd even love to have you on our show. Uh, Please make sure to check us out on social media to stay up to date. 
and to find our resource list that we talked about earlier in our episode, you can follow our Radio Pulso Instagram account at Radio Pulso. That's triple R A D I O P U L S O. Thanks to the people who make Borough Heights be possible, especially Chris Kelly and Antonio Mejias Rentas. A huge thank you to our radio producer, Jackie Ramirez, and to Kevin Martinez for engineering the show today. You'll hear from us next in June for Pride Month. Don't forget to tune in. Until then, suerte Boy Heights. Nos vemos en la calle.